Hello beautiful souls. I feel like I was just here because obviously I did a bit of a late potty last week on Friday and it's only Tuesday. Happy full moon lovers. Um, ultimately I just wanted to jump in really quickly today because I have sort of I did share a little bit on Friday around this full moon that we're in today. Um, some of this Mars Chiron conjunction that's also happening at the same time. Uh, if you follow me on socials, I've written up a big ass lit as fuck fucking post. <laughs> so you can go and read all about this Saggy full moon. Um, plus the energies of this week. Um, so that's what I wanted to touch in on is just sort of a general energy update for the week. Um, it's our last full week in Gemini season. Next week uh, we enter cancer season where we become moist wet and excited and um this is the last sort of hurrah of the full scope of gemini season uh this full moon is a real big one in a way that it's actually finishing off this sort of very ecliptic cycle that we had with the nodes in gemini and sag as well so the full moon's actually at the exact same degree as a solar eclipse in Sag back in 2020. So that's really fascinating. So it was the 15th of December 2020. We had a solar eclipse in Sagittarius, 23 degrees. And tonight here in Australia at 9.51 p.m., we will also have just a full moon, just a full moon um, at 23 degrees um, of Sagittarius. So we can feel that there's a real completion and if you watched any of my astrology panel or you, you know, watched any of that or listened to all of the things that I share for the last six months, you know that I've been banging on around this sort of two halves of 2022, um, sort of the Jupiter in Pisces half and the Jupiter in Aries half. And of course, the Jupiter in Aries half, my God, is much more optimistic. And whilst the fire might not be fueling you, um, and you still might be, you know, catching your breath, you know, as I said on Friday, if you haven't listened to my most recent potty, pop back over. It's like 15 minutes. Um, I'll probably do the same for this one, quite a quick one. Um, because on Friday I did share that, you know, this month, it is a month to be gathering and, you know, gathering our energies, gathering our resources and coming back. And that includes Gemini and cancer season, you know, for me, um, I work with astrological months, of course, uh, when the sun moves into his new archetype every month at the at sort of the, the 20th, around the early 20s of the month. But I do work in just the calendar month as well, uh, purely based on numerology, liquid crystal stuff. And again, this is all in my 2022 energy survival kit. Uh, um you know, and I share all of this stuff everywhere. But this this month is this gathering of resources. But this full moon tonight um, really is the closing out of a karmic cycle because that's what eclipses are. Eclipses, you know, are these quantum leaps. We know they shake us up. We know they shift our energies. We know that they rock the boat. Um I relate eclipses to the planet Uranus. Uranus is the great awakener. He is the sky god. He is the innovator, the creator, the rebel, the alien, the genius, you know. And the funny thing is, is that I dreamt last night that I was talking to my dad, who, as you all know, has passed away, and his best friend, Paul. 
And recently I have just spoken to my dad's friend because, so Paul is my dad's best friend and, and Paul, you know, has been in my life my entire life and my dad would be 60 this year. So I want to celebrate my dad and I want to be around people who can tell me stories about him and go through photos and talk about, you know, his days back when he was working in WA and just all the things, you know, I love to hear stories about my dad. And so anyway, I was talking to Paul. And so last night I had them both in my dreamscape, um, as you do, uh, giving them a Uranus lesson about the Uranus opposition. So I've actually decided that I wanted to sort of veer off. I'm going to talk a little bit about the energies, but I just had this like quick little like micro lesson around the Uranus opposition, which society loves to deem as midlife crisis. So I'm going to get back to that. Um, because, you know, in my dreams, I'm still teaching astrology. Do you know this? Like, this is all I do, you know? So even in my dreams, my dad has come back from the dead and gone, I need to know about what a Uranus opposition is. And I, I gave him and Paul a very big lecture on that. Anyway, that's how I woke up this morning going, ah, I've, I've schooled them in this Uranus opposition. But this week, this closing out of this karmic cycle, this Sagittarian energy. So you're going to go into your chart and look at where 23 degrees of Sag is. For me, it's right next to my Neptune. And I don't know, there's just some big, you know, I said this on Friday. Like I said, you know, not I, I'm not wanting to repeat what I said on Friday. So please go back because I do talk a bit more about the full moon. Um, my post has a shitload of stuff in it around this full moon tonight as well. And obviously, if you've signed up to my email list, you get an email every week where I sort of give a little bit of a rundown of stuff as well. So I don't want to repeat, but I just want to reframe and reiterate the importance of this full moon because well a it feels like a cosmic explosion to me because Sagittarius is the truth teller and Sagittarius is on a quest he's on an adventure so what new adventure do you want to what new terrain do you want to navigate in your life if nothing's changing in your life you know you're the common denominator in that I mean that's just that's just reality right like uh, you, you know, we're the common denominator in everything in our life. So when someone's always got something going on in their lives, they are the key. It, it is not anything external. Let me be very, very clear with that. It is not anything external. It is you. And if there is constant drama, I'm just talking, you know, drama and problems and blah, 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 blah. Like you're the common denominator. And I'm really channeling the fire of, of Sag today. Um, and because we've got this beautiful stellium in Aries as well, you know, fire signs are, you know, could have an island of their own and be so fucking happy <laughs> because they're so, you know, self-absorbed in a way that they do put themselves first. They put them first. And that's something that every other archetype has to learn because we get other archetypes which are repressed and which are martyrs and which are victims. And the fire energy comes out. And I'm not, again, as I will always say, I'm never speaking about a person. If you are still in the scope that a sign is a person, you're missing the point of astrology. Astrology isn't people. Astrology is archetypes and we have all of them. So I'm not, I'm not ever, I would never bash any archetype because I love all 12 of them. How could I not? I am all 12 archetypes. You know, I love all astrology. Um, 
the thing is, is that there is also, of course, a shadow and, and a light part of the way that we can act an archetype out within our own chart, within our own self, within our own, you know, moon sign, our emotions or, or, or our own personality. But the thing is, is that, you know, all of this fire, it's calling a spade a spade. And we all know me. I, I love that. You know, I love honesty and authenticity and not to be an asshole, not to be mean. You know, I think that it's swung, you know, it's swung that oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just honoring myself and I'm just saying these things that need to be said. It's like, no, you're being an asshole, own that, and then we can move forward. So it's not about being an asshole. It's about channeling the fire, darlings, and being honest, burning down the illusions that aren't the truth in your life and having a good hard look at yourself, having a good hard look at who you portray yourself to be and who you really are. You know, it's, it's, do you like you? Do you know you? Do you know the ins and outs of you? Do you know those things about you that make you, you? And for me, the fire burns to transform. It transmute, it transmutes this energetic debris that can be debilitating, that can be false, that can be inaccurate, that can be a facade. Like this is the time I think Rumi says, take off your mask, your face is glorious. And for me, I mean, I, I don't even own a mask. You know, I would never put a mask on on who I am. Is there a level of privacy and integrity and sacred, devoted ritual that I have in my life? Absolutely. I do not need to overexpose myself on social media so that you can see me meditating or dancing or getting attention, blah, 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 blah. I don't need that shit. Some people, that's their way of expression. That's cool. I don't need to do that. So I have a very sacred, I don't need to show you my sacred practices. I don't need to show you those things. They are my own. But do I wear a mask to cover my glorious face, darling? No, I don't. No, I don't. Um, the only thing I'm good at is being who I really am. And that's been, you know, most of the problems that I've had in my life, to be honest, because people don't like authentic people. People don't like people who know who they are. People are intimidated by those people or people don't like when you're full of joy or calling out the truth um, or pointing out the truth or just fucking being you, you know, unfortunately, uh, that's humans. But the thing is, is that all this fire, I'm saying this from love, you know, I know, what I love is that people feel my heart. You know, that's the, that's the kicker for me when I get all the DMs and emails and messages saying, I felt what you said, like that, you know, help me or whatever. Like that's really beautiful that you can feel my heart and my sincerity in the way that I'm just saying, we are the common denominator in our lives. And so if you're constantly in scattered, unraveling drama, you're the denominator in that. You know, I have people go, oh, well, how do you change that? I said, make a choice to change it. You know, like my psychologist one time, like picked up a pen when I was going into a story about something. She's like, see this pen? I'm going to drop the pen. She goes, that's what you need to do with this story is drop it. And I did. I dropped the story in that moment that I was creating, which wasn't true. She was telling me, she goes, you are creating a story and you're making something more than what it is. Um, and that's a lie. You know, you're lying to yourself. And all of this fiery energy with Chiron and Mars coming together, um, Jupiter in Aries, you know, this little trilogy in Aries has been so dynamic to, to 
you know, I feel my, my hair on fire and a sort of truth. You know, I feel this sort of truth coming through to just cut through the energetic debris of bullshit, which there is a lot of as always. Excuse me. I just need to have a little sip of water because I am on fire, literally. Mm. So this week, summing all of this up, because you know that I could talk about this and about any topic um, for a gazillion hours. Um, but, but the reason I'm talking about this fire is, and the truth fire is because this week, it is an elusive week. Okay. We've got the sun squaring Neptune. We've got the full moon tonight squaring Neptune. You know, Neptune's at play a little bit here. We've got Mercury just moved back into Gemini. So there's these mutable energies, which can be a little bit sort of like on the surface and a little bit avoidant of what's really going on deep within us. And then with all that fire in Aries, you know, that's just the, I want to burn it all down. You know, I want to, I want to carve and pioneer a new story for myself. But you can't do that when you're still stuck in a story. You can't do that when you're trauma looping over and over and over again. And as I've always said, I know when a story is relevant and I would never be irreverent to someone's traumatic experience. Please know that that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you know, someone cutting you off or some fiddly thing that you want to go and tell everyone, that's a trauma loop. That's a story that you continually talk about over and over and over again. That's drama, darlings. That's drama. You know, we know the South Node in Scorpio is bubbling that up a lot for people. So people are having to face the drama that they create in their own lives. And come cancer season, you know, that sun is going to penetrate the solar alchemy of the cancer archetype, which is joining Black Moon Lilith, which is joining asteroid Ceres, which will bump off with Pluto in an opposition, which will trine Neptune and which will trine South Node in Scorpio. Okay, so there's, you know, we are going to be moving into this moist, watery month. I know you love the word moist, so I will keep saying it. Um, no, but we are moving into this beautiful feminine archetype watery month and with that new moon coming up in cancer the one where I'm holding my the womb the Lilith's lair um, on the 29th conjunct black moon Lilith you know it's going to be the womb it literally is that that evening will be the womb so we are moving into that but this dynamic energy of air and fire it's getting us moving it's 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 shifting some stagnant energy and that's what I love about air seasons you know we're only we're only 3 months in to the astrological new year and it's it's this curiosity it's this staying open it's this blowing away what's old and this saggy full moon is dynamic it's closing out an ecliptic cycle that we won't be in again for another nine years um, and that's when the north node will move into Sagittarius and the south node will be in Gemini so this is something quite big so again key mark 23 degrees of Sag what's it doing if you've got anything mutable around that point so anything that's you know a few degrees you know, some astrologers give a big white orb. I'm quite small, you know, 
depending on if I was looking at your chart or not. Every chart to me is different. I don't, and to be honest, I don't give the same orb for every chart. It's just not something that I do um, because I need to see the way that the chart's set up and depending on houses, other planets, so on and so forth, then I then the chart gives me what it needs. That's how I see it. I don't just go, I use a 10 degree orb. For me, that's very black and white. It's easy. Yeah, great. Like it's a great like indicator. But for me, I need to see the planets. I need to see what's going on in the chart um, because the chart will actually, the chart talks to me per se. I don't really talk to a chart. The chart talks to me. So you could go a couple of degrees either side. So you could go, you know, 20 to 25 degrees. If you've got anything at 20 to 25 degrees in Sag, um, you know, the galactic center is here, you know, this big wormhole in the universe. Um, it's fucking massive, right? Like this shit is wild. So if you've got any planets at 20 to 25 degrees, um, that 23 degrees, um, Saggy full moon tonight is pinging that and that is where the solar eclipse in in 2020 happened in December so mutable signs are Gemini Virgo Pisces and Sag my darling so any planets around those degrees this is a big sense of closure around those things and because of this Neptune influence all week um, there is this energy, like I said, of illusion. This is a time of letting go of illusion, facing reality. And that's what I've written in my post. That's what I've written in my email. So if you've got that, I'm just saying the same thing. This is a time to face our truth and our face ourselves. Take the rose colored glasses off. Saturn is there. You know, he's helping. He's giving us an opportunity to anchor in to this great big fireball of change that we want. But we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, we have to be real. And that's what Saturn is. Saturn is reality and Neptune is fantasy. And you can choose either one. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Live in fantasy if that's, you know, if that's what keeps you sane. You know, that's great. But I love reality and um, I am here on earth to experience that. I'm not someone who bypasses the human experience. So um, whilst I always say the spiritual stuff's the easy stuff, it's the human stuff that you've got to dig in, you've got to anchor, and that's where you need to be doing the work. So I would say if you're feeling foggy or confused or a little scattered this week and you're not really quite sure on anything, stay with that. Don't try and figure it all out. Sagittarius is asking us to trust, trust in the bigger picture. Whatever you're releasing over the next 24 to 48 hours is being released. You don't need to control that. That is where this Sagittarian archetype is asking us to just let go. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, yes, burn some shit. Absolutely. If you've got a letter or something that you know that you're carrying that's baggage, that's a part of your past and you, you know, it is this trauma looping, story looping, you're never going to be able to fulfill that sense of purpose if you're constantly stuck in that story, right? Like that's just, that's reality, my darlings, that's reality. So of course, if there's letters, if there's old shit that you need to burn, do that tonight. I mean, um, after 9.51 um, and, and, and even tomorrow on the, on the 15th, you know, there is this beautiful, beautiful release, you know, it's like a release fucking explosion. So, so go there with that. And also, this week. Yep. Like I said, this week it is, it's a little bit confusing, a little bit foggy, got the Neptune stuff going on. So we don't need to try and pin down anything. This is about allowing. This is about being in surrender and letting go of control. And with the North node and Venus coming together on the 15th, 
pay attention, pay attention to the conversations, your relationships, your, you know, it's like something's going to be delivered for your purpose and know that it might not be exactly what you're looking for. You know, when you're looking for this great big thing, it's usually something a lot more subtle than that, especially when it's, when it's a nodal connection, the nodes are fated, dharmic, karmic, but they're subtle. They're not planetary bodies. So that's where you've got to pay attention to the synchronicities and the breadcrumbs. Okay. So, oh my God. I mean, I could talk forever and ever and ever about all the things because I love everything. Um, but I just want to end with this little Uranus opposition thing. Okay. So you, so, so there are many midlife crisis transits we have, and I've sort of thought about, you know, I've been talking about it a lot with all of my clients and things like that. So I probably will put together like some little class or something like that coming up, but for now, because I was dreaming about the Uranus opposition, I want to talk to you about it. So ultimately, it's cool that society has deemed that we have a midlife crisis. And usually that's around our early 40s, right? And I think Brene Brown said that, you know, you hit your midlife or early 40s or whatever it was. Don't quote me. I don't know the exact quote. But she said it's when the universe grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you and sort of just like wake up, you know, like just it's, it's time to wake up. Okay. Especially if you've been asleep because Uranus is the great awakener. Now he's one of the few transits that we have from late thirties to early forties. Now there's a few, again, it depends on age. It depends on generation where all of these outer planets are, but what a midlife crisis transit is. And I also call it a midlife catharticism. You know, it's, it's, it's cathartic. It's time to release. Okay. But what these represent is the outer planets like Pluto, like Neptune, like Uranus. And we can, you know, talk a little bit, you know, there's Saturn and Jupiter in there as well, but those three, especially even the nodes come up, but I'm really just going to talk about Uranus. Um, because when people enter their early forties, it can be, and we've, we've seen it, you know, it's been very depicted growing up that, you know, husbands go and have affairs with younger women, which, you know, there's fucking textbook people I know that, that have gone through this stuff in their Uranus opposition. Um, you buy the red Ferrari, you fucking sell your house and move, relationships break up, marriages break down, um, people want to quit their jobs, people feel restless. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, and, and a Uranus opposition isn't anything to be feared. You know, a part of this midlife uh, catharticism is the release, is the reclaiming your freedom and your independence, especially if you haven't had that. Okay, now that's a big part of the Uranus opposition in particular. Now, I'm just sort of, I'm speaking to everyone, of course, but the thing at the moment is, is that if you have your Uranus in the sign of Scorpio, which is generational. So Uranus entered Scorpio mid-September of 1975 and left uh, in, and moved into Sag mid-November of 1981. So if you were born between mid-September 1975 and mid-November 1981, you will have Uranus in Scorpio. For the earlier years, you may have already gone through your Uranus opposition, as in like 75 through to, you know, through to 79 or something like that um 78 even um and then because we have to you know you're, you're a planet enters a degree uh, enters a sign at zero degrees it gets to 29 degrees and then it enters the new sign okay so ultimately this year people that will be having their uranus oppositions are people with their uranus in the sign of scorpio from 14 degrees to 18 degrees of Scorpio. Okay. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for your own Uranus 
Um, and we're going to be probably looking at late seventies that this is, this is happening. Um, 14 degrees to 18 degrees of Scorpio. So a couple of things, we all go through it. We all go through it, whether it's 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, but it's, it's usually our early 80, um, usually our early forties, sorry. Um, and if you have lived your life up until that point, now, look, I love the Chiron return and I will definitely talk about the Chiron return another time because that's when we're around 50. And that what I teach and, and, and share with clients is that's it. That's that, that could be over half of your life at 50, unless you live to a hundred. And if you live to a hundred, well, fucking that's awesome. You know, and who knows with what we're moving into now, age is going to be very weird. AI fucking metaverses and all that sort of shit. But I'm just talking very practical, very logical, um, that if you're 50, you're probably over halfway of your life. Even if you live to 80, you've only got 30 more years left. Now, when you're 40, when you're in your early forties, this opposition comes and it's sort of like, okay, for the first half of your life, you've built up sort of this identity. Maybe you have, suppressed who you really are and this is more the majority so this is the thing most people aren't in the marriage that they want to be in hence the reason they have the affair they aren't where they want to be in their job in their work work in their career again I'm being very general here because I'm just painting the picture okay so I'm not saying that this is how it's always going to be for people because there are two, you know, there, well, there aren't two different types of Uranus um, oppositions, but there are, you know, there, there can be two distinct sort of types of um, Uranus oppositions where that midlife crisis happens. But of course, it's the gray area. When we swim in, every single person's experience is so different. But the general consensus and what I see mostly is, yeah, people that have maybe felt hindered or um, shackled by maybe their job, a mortgage, a family, you know, maybe a wife or a husband that they're not connecting with, um, you know, all these sorts of things. And Uranus is restless. Uranus wants freedom and liberation. So the first half of the life up to that early 40s can be building up all of those things. But if that's not truly what you want, then often that midlife crisis will be very, it will be a crisis more than just a cathartic sort of experience, right? Because there are affairs, because there are throwing the baby out with the bathwater, gambling, alcohol. Like, I mean, the list goes on. I, again, I, I can't speak to every single way that this will come out. Uranus is a very unpredictable planet to start with. He disrupts, he brings chaos, okay? So when he is opposite, he has moved that 40 years approximately and he's now opposite your own natal Uranus, things begin to stir, my friends. Things begin to get a little bit restless, darlings. And that's where society has gone, ah, midlife crisis. And I'm like, ah, it's actually Uranus opposition. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I love about astrology. Everything is astrology. Everything can come back to astrology and the transits and progressions and all the things like what's going on. So ultimately, you know, if you actually uh, have lived a really great life and, you know, you're in your early 40s and you're like, oh, you know, I love my husband, you know, and he loves you and, and everything's going really beautifully. You know, this just, you know, this just expands and gives you sort of this revolutionary insight, you know, um, all of a sudden there's new opportunities. All of a sudden there's new progressive ways of being, you know, we open into this very different vortex of our lives. So the thing is, is that again, like, yes, there's not only two things that can happen, but what we see on the regular is all I'm saying is that, yes, there is this sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater, restless. And 
you know, do things that you might regret in your early 40s because you aren't feeling free. You're not feeling liberated. You're feeling shackled and confined. You're feeling like society has told you who you need to be. You're doing things because you ha- you feel like you have to do them, you know, and, and it's often those people that feel more rebellious, okay? Like that's the thing, like all of a sudden there's something within that's like, oh, I want to rebel. Don't fucking, I don't, I can't, I can't put on this facade anymore. But if you don't work with these sorts of things and suppress, especially suppressing Uranian energy, it comes out in very different ways. Um, but if you're suppressing that, then you meet these people that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s who are, who, who, who aren't very happy with their lives at, at, at any point. Um, so we're given opportunities constantly in astrology, constantly um, to create the life that we want and to learn, you know, all the things, all, all, all the things. Um, but if you don't heed your midlife crisis transits, you know, we, we meet those people that have a lot of regrets, you know, they have a lot of regrets and they wish that they had have done X, Y, and Z. They wish they had have been X, Y, and Z. They wish they had have done all those things. It's that, you know, the five regrets on the deathbed sort of person stuff. Their Uranus opposition, their midlife crisis transits, Neptune square, Pluto square, you know, their major midlife crisis, Chiron return, all the things like their midlife crisis, they didn't work with them. They worked against them, against them. So they just kept suppressing like, no, 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 I'm just going to put up with this. I'll just push this down. No, 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 no. I can't leave. I can't leave. Like I can't leave because then I would have to start on my own or then I would have to be on my own or then I would have to X, Y, and Z. We know that this is human conditioning. We've all seen it before. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was you. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's your family, whatever. We see it. But I just find it so incredibly amazing that, uh, you know, forever society has deemed a midlife crisis point. And knowing astrology and knowing when that happens for you, what year that's going to be, how long that's going to take, what else is going on in your chart in that time. The preparation for that is so super cool. And you can even reflect back if you've already had your Uranus opposition, like what was going on for you there? What was being shaken up? Is that when you finally released a whole heap of old shit, like, you know, old friends, old, whatever it is, you know, you quit your job or ultimately it's change. You know, that's what Uranus opposition is, is change. I spoke earlier about eclipse energy and eclipse energy like I said, I really relate that to Uranus, the planet of Uranus, which is chaotic and disruptive and rebellious and sort of picks you up and puts you somewhere else. And that's Uranus. Uranus in our solar system is the only one who spins not on his axis like everyone else. He spins sidewards, not, you know, not on that axis. Um, and I, I'm like, yeah, because he's giving everyone the finger. Like, of course, you know, Uranus rules Aquarius, you know, Aquarius rebels. Um, We've got to know how to channel that. And for me personally, I'm super excited about my Uranus opposition because I haven't lived a suppressed life. You know, I haven't lived according to society, according to what I should or shouldn't do, should or shouldn't be, go to uni, go to corporate, do all that. I've never done any of those things. So for me, um, I'm very excited about my Uranus opposition because it's also aligning to uh, hit my Taurus at uh, hit my um, Venus in Taurus at the exact same time. So it's going to be a big time for me. 
But this year, it's your your Uranus opposition if you have Uranus at 14 to 18 degrees of Scorpio, okay, because that's that's where Uranus is moving in the sky in Taurus. He's moving uh, in the opposite sign. That's why it's called a Uranus opposition, because if we're born with Uranus in Scorpio, we have our Uranus opposition when Uranus is in Taurus. Um, and you know, anyone born after 1981 for the next seven years, they will have Uranus in Sag. So then, um, when Uranus in the sky moves into Sagittarius, they get their opposition and so on and so forth. So everyone goes through this transition. Everyone goes through this portal. And to me, it's a really important one. Um, the ones in our late thirties are important to our Pluto square. Um, I'm in my Neptune square at the same time, like now as well, um, so, yeah, it's these midlife crisis transits, midlife cathartic transits are really powerful. And I just, like I said, I just dreamt about it last night. And I mean, I could talk more in depth and more clinical, more astrology, more all the things. But I just wanted to just throw that out into the ring and just say, hey, you know, we have a Uranus opposition it's a chance to reclaim our liberation, to reclaim our individuality, to reclaim our independence, to stop being suppressed and pushed into a box that does not fit or suit us. For some people, that box suits them. They, they, you know, and we, and that's the glory of our own charts. Is some people are here to work that nine to five job. That's a part of their purpose, and when they can surrender to that, life gets easier. Um, for other people, that's not their purpose. Just like not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. Sorry to burst that fucking bubble, but it's just not the way it's meant to be. Like not everyone is meant to own their own companies and own their own businesses. Like that, that's not for everyone. Um, but the thing is, is that if you are sacrificing your freedom, Uranus opposition will shake that up for you. You know, you will be tested. You, anything that's been repressed will bubble up to the surface for release and it's very good to be aware of that because like I said some people do things they regret um you know the symptoms of what's going on will show up in your Uranus opposition and if you tend to those symptoms uh you can change the latter part of your life you know um and not go to your deathbed with all of these regrets I shared something on social media the other day, like if you were to, you know, only have 24 hours left, you, you know, could you honestly hand on your heart, say you've got no regrets. And I hand on my heart, 100% have zero regrets if I died tomorrow. I don't want to die tomorrow because I don't want to leave my children and my husband and this beautiful world. But if that was my path and that was my destiny, I, I surrender to death. You know, death is inevitable. We are all terminal. You know, death is coming no one gets out of here alive. And I know for me, if tomorrow, if someone said you've got 24 hours, I would want to be with my children and my husband eating cheese, drinking red wine, watching the ocean. Like it nearly makes me cry <laughs> because I am so satisfied with my life. I don't need anything more. These, you know, oh, millions of dollars and fucking holiday bloody houses, blah, 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 blah. All that material stuff, like, especially for a heavy Taurus, like most people think, oh my God, like how can you be a Taurus and not be so attached to material stuff and money and power and all that stuff? And it's because I've got Uranus in my second house. Those things mean nothing to me. And I've got my Taurus stellium in my eighth house. So for me, meaning is passion and 
vitality and who you really fucking are at your soul. Like that's meaning to me. Like that's all I care about. I don't care about your fucking 10K week that you had. That actually probably turns me off you more because I just don't care. Like it literally doesn't phase me at all that you earn that much money. Um, you know, I'm not just talking money, but I'm just in general, right? Like stuff, material stuff doesn't mean anything to me. And if I was to die tomorrow, I would not have changed anything in my life. I would not have changed anything. And I have lived for who I really am authentically. So when we get to that point, um, you know, I think the Uranus opposition or just, you know, anything, you know, uh, getting older, age, you know, people are scared of aging and all those sorts of things. Anyway, I'm going to get lost in another tangent if I keep going and um, <laughs> I've got a client shortly. So I'm going to wrap this baby up. But honestly, um, you know, I've shared this week's energies earlier and that was a deep share for me in, a, in, in, in that raw space that for me, um, you know, these sorts of transits reveal things. Um, and if you've been hiding from yourself and hiding from your truth and suppressing, they will reveal those things and you can carry on like normal. That's your choice. But after our Uranus opposition, old traditional text talks about if you don't start to be who you really are, you often end up feeling empty. And like, that's not me that you can go and talk to Robert Hand about that. Um, but he writes that in his book. And I really tend to agree with the people that I've met. Um, that are older, that don't live for who they are and they don't express their individuality, um, that they often feel quite empty and they have, they harbour a lot of regrets in their lives. Um, so this is your, you know, Tiani sermon on be who you are. And that's Uranus's biggest lesson is be who you are. Like, uh, you know, the often wild people that are wise or crazy people with weird ideas, they're seen as, you know, not human because they're not following the fucking rules. And this isn't, I'm not talking to these people that want to rebel and conspiracy and all the fucking shit for the sake of it. No, that's, that's not where I'm going. You know, there are those very extreme Uranian people. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I please let me be clear. I am not, I am not in the extreme. I am very balanced in my views and outlooks. But the thing is, is that what we're being asked is to be who we are. And, and we can still do that and live in this life. When people talk about, oh, we've got no freedom, we've got no freedom. I'm like, take a look around you, darlings. We live in Australia. We have a lot of freedom. So, you know, let's put things into perspective a little bit. You know, let's really put things into perspective. We are free. But the thing is, is that are you free? within or are you trapped in your own prison are you trapped in your own prison of meeting everyone else's expectations you know uh doing doing life the way that society expects you to do life you can have respect and boundaries and you can have all those things and you can still have freedom and that is something that i've mastered in this lifetime very blessed because i've got saturn conjunct jupiter um but also I know that we can have expansion and liberation, but also have be also be grounded and take responsibility and, you know, and, and be okay with, with authority. You know, that's where I'm talking about the extreme rebellions, you know, the extreme 
um, the, that extreme Uranian anarchy. Um, you don't need to hurt anyone or protest anything when you are living according to your own set of beliefs and dharma and purpose and energetic connection to the universe is what I'm saying. So for all of you out there having your Uranus opposition uh, this year, I wish you well. I hope that you reclaim your freedom and that you break free from your own self-imposed limitations and those that maybe you are still buying into um, from the external world. Freedom, darling. Um, this is all about freedom and liberation uh, and, and loving your life, <laughs> you know, loving it, creating it, loving it, living it. Okay, darlings. Well, I am going to go now because that turned into a 40-minute episode. I love you all. Mwah, mwah, mwah. And um, I will chat next week. Bye.